hear the word of the Lord. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Thank you, Terry. Good morning. How many of you uh, worked out this week? Got to the gym. How we doing? What, uh, what gym you guys go to? Where do you go? Fitness, YMCA, 24-hour fitness. Axiom. You know, I am, I am an official card-carrying Axiom member. I have this right here. Slide that through the scanner, and they welcome Mr. Ritchie uh, into the gym. And uh, Axiom is my place, but I didn't need to tell you that. I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> there is no extra charge to gaze upon this specimen up here. I just want you to know that. When I went to uh, Axiom last month, um, <laughs> one of the things I noticed there was that there, there are these incredible physical specimens there, men and women. They, they are absolutely ripped, cut, I mean, just in incredible shape. They, they have... They have muscles that are giving birth to muscles, you know? <laughs> and, and they're really unbelievable. And uh, so I went and talked to some of them one day and just to ask, how do you get that way? What's that like for you guys? Just striking up a conversation. I go, how often do you guys come to the gym? Every day, they said. Every day. And they're working on a different set of, of muscles, but every day they're in there. As I came to find, uh, many of them are, uh, are competing in physical fitness, bodybuilding. 
And many of them have actually won uh, many uh, awards for that. And so they are striving every day uh, to win the prize. Every day uh, doing their workout. And as I realized, and as I was talking to them, I was like, what an incredible people. Working out every day, they they're, have their protein uh, shakes, they, they have an incredible strict uh, diet, and they are amazingly disciplined people. Paul is calling Timothy and us to a disciplined life. Disciplined lives in godliness. He wants us to go to the gym. Not gold's gym. Let's cross off L. He wants us to go to God's gym. And to work on our godly character. To train in a life that is involved in the Word. To train in a life that is developing godly character to draw closer every day to our Lord. Let's pray for that this morning. Father, I just pray for each and every one of us in this room. I pray that you would help us to have a disciplined life that is moved towards godliness, towards your character, growing in your character. Father, we are uh, scattered so often. And we're busy and we're pursuing other things. And so through the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray this morning that you would uh, move us and help us to be a disciplined people because we want to grow, we want to mature, we want to develop spiritual muscle. That's the character of you, God. So help us, I pray, this morning as we study your word. In your precious name, amen. As I was studying this passage, one of the things that you're going to find in this passage is that there's a lot of action, there's a lot of verbs in this passage. It's an exercise passage as we enter into God's gym. And so he's teaching Timothy in the middle middle of Ephesus, which is a very difficult place to minister, teaching him how to deal with false teachers, how to deal with uh, how to have a gospel-centered life as a community of, of believers. And drawing them into that, and Timothy, uh, teaching them to be a godly shepherd. What it looks like to pastor and to care and to grow all the saints up in Christ. And so he says in verse 6, If you put these things before the brothers, and that's brethren, brothers, sisters. If you put these things before the brothers, this is a good thing. What is he putting before the brothers? Well, I think he's speaking about the truths of God. About his, his word and his righteousness and what life really means, not legalism, but life. He's battling, again, the false teaching. So put, put in the middle of this truths that counter the false teaching coming in. That was a constant, remember? The book of Timothy, 1 Timothy, is dealing constantly with false teaching coming in. So he's always having to battle that. So Timothy put these truths in the middle of the body, present before the the brethren everything that is created by God is good, like we studied last week, that we can have life in Christ, not about legalism, following the rules, but about life in Christ, relationship 
with the living God. Reminding them, like we looked last week, that He came in the body, He was vindicated by the Spirit, bringing forth the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what transforms hearts. As people come to know that there is a God who loves them, as they come to know that Jesus came in the flesh, God in the flesh, to die on the cross for our sin because we couldn't deal with it on our own. That He was a payment. And when He rose again, He conquered sin and death. And now the gift to everyone is, if you believe upon My Son, you shall have life. That's the simple gospel. In the middle of everything that you're doing, Timothy, in Ephesus, present these things before the brothers and sisters that they might know how to have life. And if you do such a thing, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Minister is, is really, uh, in the original language, a servant, deacon. You will be a good servant of Jesus Christ as you bring these truths to the body of Christ. Now the deal is, again, this isn't just about what it looks like for a pastor and how to pastor a church. The truth of all of us as children of God is that we are servants of God. Isn't that true? It is. And as servants of Him, we are, along with Timothy, bringing forth the truths of God. God's gym, when we enter in there, teaches us how to serve. Because you understand, it's the character of God. For God says, Jesus says, I didn't come here to be served. I came here to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. I came not to be served, but to serve. And you understand, that's the character of God. And we now, as servants, live out the character of God, bringing forth His truth and His life. And and He says, I want you to serve this up to the brethren. You're like a waiter bringing a a fine banquet. Or literally, the the wording in in the original language is to, to lay under. You're like a builder who is laying under as a foundation of truth. These, these foundational things for your faith, for the building of your faith. Timothy, bring forth. Servants of God, bring forth these things about the character of God. Be trained. Grow in these things. We are to be disciplined and grow in Christ. You are, Timothy, being trained. You're being nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine. You're you're being nourished. You're being fed upon like a child with his mother. You're growing up. And the way that you're growing up is is by the, the truth of God. Everything Paul's saying, I've brought you God's truth. I've been training you. You've also learned that on your own in the Word of God. This is what nourishes you. This is what feeds you. You want to grow in Christ? You want to develop spiritual muscle? Then, then continue to be nourished on this good teaching and, and the, the words of God. 
and doctrine, which doctrine is sometimes a scary word for people. Doctrine is just the teachings of God and his righteousness. Being trained in that. See, at the gym, we, we train with supplements and we eat all kinds of fruits and vegetables and, and all those things to feed us physically. But spiritually, it's the good teaching, the words of God. You know, it, it gives you a little insight into the, the pastor a little bit in this. And that as Timothy is being nursed in this, he's also nourishing others. But the fact is, he's being nourished on it. And there's an incredible discipline of the pastor, a discipline of, of private study, that he's growing in the Word, that she's growing in the Word. And that there's a continual feeding from the Lord as we, as we prepare and present the Word of God. All the best teachers have remained incredible students in the Word of God. And so the question for all of us is, what are we being nourished on? What are we feeding upon? When we go to the world gym... All of our energies focus on the success of my job. All my energies focused on my pursuit of happiness. We're just saying Jesus be the center. But the truth is, for a lot of us, he's really not. Because we're pursuing all kinds of other things. And that becomes the center of our lives. We're going to the world gym often and not to God's gym. What are we immersed in? What's our time being spent on? What's our focus being poured out towards? Are we immersed in, in television? Just watching television. You know what the bummer is about television these days? Is, is there's, just, there's just nothing that isn't junk. You know? I mean... You really try to find a show that just isn't constant junk, and it's very difficult, isn't it? And so you go, okay, Lord, you know, I enjoy watching television. It's just kind of a nice relaxer for me. But sometimes we get so immersed in it, and, and you sort of catch yourself like, wow, I just spent hours with a bunch of junk pouring into my brain and heart, and I used all this time to just watch that. That's for all of us. But it's like, what are we training on? What are we being disciplined towards? How are, we, how are we training in godliness? Paul is calling, Timothy is calling us, hold on to the truths of God, they're foundational. All that you've learned from me, all that you've learned from the Word. Have nothing to do, verse 7, with godless myths or old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself in godliness. He he's actually uses the word gymnazo. Basically, go to the gym. Train. Go to the gym. Go to God's gym. Train in godliness. Don't get caught up in everything else that's not the center, Jesus. They, they knew full well that training was essential and, the, and there was the Greco-Roman games and they would watch those who would prepare for that and the incredible discipline and training that went into that. Train in such a way. He's using a couple metaphors. One is nourishing, and the other is becoming athletic, training. When we're training in the world's gym, we're, we're disciplined. 
eating, disciplined, exercise, exercise is good for the body. But Paul is wanting us to have, have spiritual training, grow spiritual muscle. The truths of faith and good teaching. Don't get caught up in the old wives' tale, the stories going on. I, we don't exactly know what that was, quite honestly. We don't know what they were getting caught up in, what tales were being told. I can only imagine it was just things that were distracting away from, from the real core of who Jesus was and, and getting focus elsewhere on, on sort of spiritual things, but they were spiritual things that were way out here. Again, some came from false teachers, some just came up from stories made up about angels, all kinds of stuff. I think for us today, maybe some of that might look like, uh, you know, there's, there's these guys and gals out here, and, and they'll go, over in this section, I'm sensing the letter L. L? Yeah, your mother wants you to know who's gone to heaven. She wants you to know it's okay, you know? And, and it's amazing. Thousands of people come to watch these people who speak to the dead on your behalf get caught up in that. They want some form of spirituality and they're getting driven over here. It may be, uh, we still see today, uh, some sense of uh, groups that really get together and they're still trying to uh, figure out the end times. Like they're really trying to hammer out when Jesus is coming back and how to be prepared for that. And, and yet Jesus is going, I don't know when I'm coming back, so... Good luck with that. But there's a focus, there's a tension on that, and it's, it's driving away. Don't get caught up in that. Get caught up in what is true and accurate about the love of God and about Jesus and about how he gives you life. And start now to train. You know, some of you are young Christians. You, you, you've only known the Lord for a little bit. Now becomes you're stepping into to the gym, God's gym. And, and knowing his word and, and training in righteousness, which is the, the character of God. Becoming more like him. Understanding how he wants life for us and what that looks like. And so he's saying, don't get caught up in those other things. Here's what's important for you. Train yourself to be godly. Exercise yourselves unto godliness. And we do this, I think, one of the primary ways is by the Word of God. We have the privilege, we have in our hands the very words of God for life and how to live life. Train yourself in such a thing. Be immersed in the Word of God. Know what He has to say, who He is, His character. Step into that gym and start to open it up. Grab your big Bibles. Start to do curls with those things. Be in the Word of God. While bodily training, verse 8, is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life as well as for the life to come. You know, physical training is, is okay. It's good. It, it helps the body. You know, when I went and signed up uh, at Axiom, uh, really nice guy, and uh, I'll call him Jake. And Jake, <laughs> Jake comes in and uh, meets with me and sits me down, and he's just another ripped dude, you know. And, and so I sit with Jake and, hey, Mr. Ritchie. I'm like, hey, Jake. So, how many months 
What is your goal? How many months until we get you that six-pack you want? And I'm, I'm looking around. I'm looking at my belly. I'm like, Jake, you got the wrong fella. <laughs> and then I broke out the Word of God. I go, Jake, let me just share some truth with you. <laughs> Physical training has some value. But I'm a pastor, you see. Godliness. Godliness is what I'm after. And I just kind of want to stay healthy so I can actually just kind of live. That's what I'm here for. Six-pack, that's not happening. So let's get on the right training course for that. And you know what I literally do? I, I, I literally do. I, I show up, at, I show up at, at Axiom, and I have this with me. I put that right on the elliptical, and I'm reading. And so I'm getting my spiritual exercise, but I'm getting, I mean, I'm getting my physical exercise, but I'm in the Word. It really is a... It's a if, if you go to the gym, great, great time to bring your Bible and, uh, or listen to you know, scriptures and train in godliness as well as keeping healthy. It's good. And so he calls us, hey, listen, it's okay to, to get a little bit of healthiness in there. with physical, But godly training, that, that is what you want to pursue. That has value, has eternal value. You see, Paul didn't wish he had time for reading. Paul didn't wish he had time for prayer and meditation. He didn't wish he had that. He took it. He took time. Took time. I need to be in the Word. I need to be in prayer before my God. I need to meditate upon the beauty of my Lord. I have to. All those other things that in the ministry that need to get done, that's all over here. I need to be with God. This saying is sure and it's worthy of full acceptance. This godly training is what is important. Train yourself in godliness. Step into the gym and do that. For to this end we toil and we strive because we have set our hope on the living God. The living God. We talked about that last week. He's not some idol. He's not some rock. He's living. And what's true about our living God? He is the Savior of all men especially of those who believe. Verse 10. Let, let me just address that part. He's the Savior of all, especially for those who believe. That can be a little bit confusing. You're like, is this universalism? What is this? Everybody's welcomed in? Well, what I think was going on, some of the false teaching that was happening during the time, was they were saying, hey, there's only kind of an inner circle of people who get, get right with God. There's only this core group. And so Paul is having to, to attack this along with Timothy about this false teaching that there's only, there's only kind of this inner circle because that's not what's true of God. The truth of God is that all men, all men are loved by God. All men are loved for God so loved the world. Not just the inner circle. He loved men and women. He loved rich and poor. He doesn't care where you come from. He doesn't, he doesn't care what the journey has been. He loves you. Especially those who believe. And what I think he's saying there is, and those, I am the Savior of all, but I am the Savior to those who actually say yes to Jesus, who actually come to believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever should believe upon him should have life everlasting. 
It's not universalism. It's not everybody's just saved. It's those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. And so he addresses that. That's training in godliness. Let people know that. Let them know who Jesus is. The living God has life for them. We toil and strive in this truth. We want people to know that to this end, this is the hope that we have. But dear Timothy and dear saints, you don't just, you don't just drift into godliness. You don't just wake up in the morning like, aha, I've arrived in godliness. There, there's a great article in the Wall Street Journal. The title, Why Work Out When You Can Just Wear the Clothes? That's the title. Here's what they were finding. All of a sudden, these last several years, there's been an incredible boom in the athletic apparel market, buying all the sweats and all the yoga clothes, and people are, I mean, they're going off the shelves. They can't keep up. And they're, they're anticipating a 50% increase in the next, uh, next five years, up to $100 billion in that market of athletic clothes, yoga clothes. The thing that's amazing is they're buying all these sweats and they're buying these expensive tennis shoes and, and 90% of the people aren't even going into the gym. But they're looking like they have. And there was a great... I just love this. There's this great comment. They were interviewing people who just were buying their yoga clothing. And this woman says, she goes, you know, they go, so have you worked out? She's all, well, no, I just have the clothes. And so she said, you know, what happens is when you put on your workout apparel, you think, huh, maybe I should think about going to the gym today. I got the clothes on. You don't just all of a sudden grow into godliness just because you have the clothes on. Just because you show up at church every now and then on a Sunday. It's a constant growth. We strive towards this. We, we choose times, we make times, we commit ourselves to times of study and reading and meditation, prayer, and we're drawn to that because, as Paul puts it, our hope is set upon Him. Our hope is set upon knowing Him more, growing in His character, becoming more like Jesus, understanding our God, experiencing His love and His power and His truth and His life. That's our hope. And so we give ourselves to these things. We, we become those who are disciplined and training in godliness. We're hitting God's gym. Well, what, is, what does discipline look like? What does it look like for us? Here's some of the truths about spiritual discipline. Discipline is an ongoing process, isn't it? It's, it's not a quick fix. When we are becoming, growing in godliness, and even the verb in the, in the Bible is, this is an ongoing thing. Continue to train, continue to go to God's gym on a regular basis. It's not, again, just showing up. That's what discipline is. It's like those people at Axiom that I talked with. Every day. Discipline is that. 
It involves hard work. We labor and we strive. The images of wrestlers battling it out, giving every ounce of energy they have for this, that I might grow in godliness because it's our hope. I might grow in the character of God because of who He is, our living God. I want to know Him more. I want to experience His life in me. And so I give every ounce to that. And I want people to know about this living, loving God. I give every ounce to it. It is hard work. By definition, it means that we act against our feelings, our flesh. I mean, how many of us you know, wake up at 6.30 in the morning, especially this time of the year, it's freezing cold out, and you're like, woohoo, time to go to the gym. Can't wait to get there. No, your flesh is just going, you've got to be kidding. Your flesh is driven to snooze button, you know? That's what we want to do. Disciplined life goes against our flesh. It just does. Its very nature is, is a toil and a striving. Discipline, train yourselves in godliness. Discipline means that we discard hindrances that get in our way. Remember, he says, I want you to be disciplined. I want you to go to the gym. Uh, But what it's talking about, the the root word of, of gymnasium actually has the idea of, I want you to train in this. I want you to get naked. And what that means is, if you know anything about the Greek games, what they would do is they would strip everything off that hindered their performance. And so they would compete this way, nothing hindering me and my goal to win. I get rid of this. Disciplined life in godliness is we get rid of the hindrances. Let us get rid of the sin that so easily entangles. And we can only do that through the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, right? None of this is on our own. Discipline life gets rid of those things. Discipline life means we keep our eyes on the goal, and the goal is fairly clear, godliness. Godliness is developing and growing in the character of God, of Christ. Godliness is depending upon Him. Godliness is allowing His life to live through us. Godliness is is receiving His forgiveness and offering forgiveness. Godliness is patience and joy and peace and kindness. Godliness. Are you going to the gym? It's a disciplined life. You know, the thing that you need to know is, is that we, we keep our eyes fixed on this. The author and perfecter of our faith, right? Jesus. But disciplined life, it's... One thing you need to know about disciplined life, it's not opposed, it's not opposite of the grace of God. You say, Rod, you're telling me, oh, get into the Word. That's a lot of legalism, Richie. You know, you're laying the rules on me. What about grace? It's not opposed to grace at all. Grace doesn't mean we get to just live a lazy, slothful life. Or we're not training. That's not grace. Well, because of God's grace, I just don't do anything. Then we're missing on, on the spiritual life of, of God. Allowing Him to, to train us and grow us up. It's not opposed to grace. It's full of grace. And because of the grace, what happens is when we have disciplined lives and godliness, we actually are freed up. 
And when we have disciplined lives and we're freed up in Christ, what happens is we actually experience the joy and the life of Christ. A disciplined life is not opposite of grace. Not legalism. It's actually the fullness of grace lived out. Experience that. Be trained in that. Grow in those areas. Enjoy freedom and joy. I want you to be disciplined. I want you to go into God's gym and let's work out. Timothy, young Timothy, command and teach these things, verse 11. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set believers as an example in speech and conduct, in love and purity. Timothy, enter into God's gym. Now again, here is a little bit more focused on the pastor, okay? But here's something we always need to be reminded of. In the scriptures, there are given gifts. Some are meant to be pastors, teachers, evangelists. What's the purpose? The purpose is they are to equip the saints, that's you and me who are followers of Jesus Christ, we are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So we're all ministers, not just Timothy. But we get a little insight into the pastor here and and the life of ministry. But you are not excluded from that. So I just want you to know that as we enter in. Timothy, live in such a way, you're a young pastor, and I want you to enter into God's gym, and I want you to recognize, I want you to train in your identity in Christ. I want you to understand that you're gaining spiritual muscle, godly character. I want you to see that. As you enter into God's gym, Timothy, you've got to understand, it's so opposite from the world gym across the street that you're tempted to go into a lot. You see, you're a young pastor in Ephesus. You're getting all kinds of challenge. People are bringing all kinds of false teaching. You're getting attacked on every arena. And you want to enter into the world gym because the world gym says, listen, Timothy, you're wimpy and you're young. And we're going to train you up. You're not ready to compete. We're going to train you up so that you can go ahead and fight back. We're going to train you up to have strength and to use force and use your authority. This is what will give you power. And we're going to give you muscle so that you can take on all those people who are coming against you. You know, Timothy, you've got some of those leaders in the church who keep giving you a hard time. They've been there longer than you have. Time to fight back. That's what the world gym says. And that's attractive when you're a young man or woman in the ministry and you're facing those things. I will. I'll fight back. I'll show my authority. Yet God's gym says you'll have success by training in godliness. That means developing character. You see, even in the ministry, we are drawn to as people in the flesh, and it's amazing. You'll see all these advertisements and think about what you read spiritually. We are drawn to, a lot of times, the flash the, the really good orators. The ones who've written lots of books. That, that's what we're drawn to. And when we come on Sunday mornings, we want something that's entertaining and we want music that's entertaining and we're drawn to that. And as, as pastors, as leaders, spiritual leaders, we're sometimes tempted like, well, we've got to maybe figure that out so that we're, you know, 
better orators and more flashy. You got to see what God is calling through Paul to Timothy and to us about what it looks like to train in godliness. It's all about character. It's all about character. I want you to train, I want you to picture the gym, and I want you to picture young Timothy on a bench press, which is where you're laying back and you've got the bars. And here you've got God, and he's putting on the weights. He's putting on here, he's got love on one side, and then he's got purity over here. Purity, I want you to stay clear-minded. I want you to focus on good things that are moral. I don't want you to get caught up in those things. Here, this is going to be where you're training on, purity. Love, agape love, self-sacrificial love, love that covers everything. I want you to train on that. Hey, I want you to train on faithfulness. Here, we're going to put this weight on. And Timothy is sitting there, and he's got, he's got all of these things that he's training and developing a spiritual muscle, and he lifts up the weights, and he comes down to his chest, and it's stuck there. And if you know anything about the gym and about the bench press, you always have a spotter. You've got to have someone who's over you because there's a lot of times it's stuck there. And this is the spiritual truth. Timothy is being called to love and to faithfulness and to purity. This is his training in righteousness. He's being called to this. And he starts to lift it because he wants to live that way. And he realizes, I cannot do this in my own strength. And the Holy Spirit is his spotter. Grabs a hold of that bar and goes, I know you can't do all that. I know you can't love like I love without me. I know you can't have purity without me. I'm the one who's your strength. I'm the one who's going to give you the power to do such things, to step into this church, to grow. And so as Timothy is pushing, the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of that bar and he pulls it up. And what does that develop in Timothy? It's always the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I'm not competent to do anything in and of myself. That's New Covenant, right? I'm not competent. My training in godliness is, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit is. The power of God is, in my life, competent. And so when I'm called to love and to grow and to minister in these ways, I can't do it in my own. The Holy Spirit helps me to do that. He's my spotter. And he grows in the character of God. Young pastor, be loving. You don't need to prove yourself. Just show your character. Be full of faith, trust. And I want you to commit. I want you to be disciplined in the public reading of the scriptures, of the preaching and teaching. Timothy, the way you're going to grow is is don't neglect your gift, your spiritual gift. That was given to you. Each of you as followers of Jesus Christ have been given a spiritual gift. How do we train? How do we become disciplined in righteousness? We start to use our gifts. Remember, we are a good minister. We are a good servant of God when we start to serve. You see, gifts are being used because we're serving. Keep using those gifts. Keep developing that spiritual muscle, allowing God to work through you. Timothy, preach the gospel out loud. Why? Because... Because so many illiterate people at the time. So that was common in the church. You've got to read it. Let them hear it. They can't read it on their own. 
Use your gifts in the body. Start to show that. Start to show your authority by, by the way that you describe and, and clarify scriptures. You don't go to the world's gym and go, well, I better be so flashy, dancy, and I'm going to use power. It's totally opposite of who God is. That's not godliness. That's self. He says, I want you to train in this. Timothy, bring it. Devote yourself to these things. Be disciplined in these things. Devote yourself literally means be immersed in them. I just want you to know, and this isn't, this isn't boasting in any way, but I want you to understand something about the, the people at this church who lead you. They, they are immersed in the scriptures. All of them. Not just Jackson and I. All of them. They, they, they are studying and, and, and seeking God on what the truths of scriptures have to say. You know, we get 35 minutes here on a Sunday morning. That's, that's 25 to 30 hours of study. That's normal. And people always say to me, this is your full-time job? Show up on Sunday mornings? Now, I just want you to know, again, it's not boasting about it. It's just what we do. Why? Because we take this seriously. Because our training in righteousness is that we need to be immersed in the Scriptures so that we can present that to you, so that we can use our gifts, so that we can enrich and encourage, and so that you'll start using your gifts and growing in godliness. Be disciplined in these things. And that's God's call upon us. Timothy, take a good look at yourself. I want you to step in front of the mirror, he says. Take a look at yourself and your teaching. See areas that you need to grow in. Take heed of these things. See where the spiritual flabbiness is. Let's get rid of that. See where the sin is. Let's work on that. Let's get rid of it. And be in the gym developing and growing closer to God. Here's the deal about pastors. We're, we're never going to grow the body of Christ any more than we're growing ourselves, right? It's, it's our life in Christ. We're, we're, we're learning and, and learning to love and, and grow and seek Him. And He's saying, Timothy and saints, grow in this. As you receive from God, then that is what goes out. Take heed. Watch what you're doing. Take heed in your life and take a look at your life and what you're receiving and grow in those areas. God's call to us, this beautiful call, not legalism, is let us make as a worthy and trustworthy saying, it is good to train in righteousness. Let's pray. Father, I just pray again that your Holy Spirit would move us and teach us, give us uh, what you have for us as far as our growing in righteousness. We want to be more like you. Forgive us, Father, when we're lazy, when we don't even think about it, when we just kind of get so caught up in other things. Forgive us for that. And truly, Jesus, would you be the center, I pray. In your precious name, amen.